0: And they can start the party at Spotlands. That's a brilliant goal from Gary
1: Jones. And Henderson, oh, what's a goal? Goal oh, is drilled home by Steve Davis. Here then in comes Henderson. Oh, he's gone! And now
0: it's Thompson! And it's a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One!
2: Hello and welcome to the Rochdale AFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I am joined, as always, by Chaff. Chaff, how are you getting on, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. Long time, no see. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, Also joined by Ryan. Ryan, how are you getting on?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks, down here.
2: And Luke's with us as well. Luke, how are you, mate?
3: Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. All good.
2: Good stuff. So it's been a while, like I said, uh, there since we last spoke. There's been a lot going on at the club and today Dale have finally made a sign-in as well for the first time this summer. But I think the biggest news over the last few weeks from a playing perspective is, is the appointment of Robbie Stockdale as manager. The last time we spoke was the day that BBM left the club um, and Robbie Stockdale, former Sunderland coach um, and I think West Brom, who he was most recently at, uh, has since been announced as the new manager for the forthcoming season. So, Luke, I'll come to you first. Uh, what were your initial reactions to, to that appointment? Happy with it?
3: Um, yeah, I'd say so. He seems to have a decent pedigree, kind of, you know, and and well respected at definitely like a coaching level. Uh, He's kind of coached at the very, at the very top, hasn't he? So he's worked with some good managers that hopefully he's learned from. I think he's kind of the experience that he has got. Whilst he hasn't got kind of, you know, true football league managerial experience or much of it, anyway, he's kind of worked, you know, with. You know the likes of dice and, and whatnot. And he's he's worked in a few different kind of capacities as in his kind of assistant manager, caretaker manager, head coach. Um so I quite, I quite like his background. Um and he comes across really well um and, and the, the early signs I would say pretty encouraging.
2: Yeah chap. what did you make of that appointment? I think there was some fans hoping for someone with a little bit more experience but I think so far most most supporters have been
1: quite happy with the way he's come across in interviews and what have you. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very encouraged by his appointment. To be honest with you, um, I watched the the Sunderland documentary on Netflix, and I remember when he took over as caretaker boss twice there and that is when he featured on there, and I always thought he came across really well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good appointment. I think it's a a shrewd appointment of Jimmy Shan as his assistant manager as well, because he's got a, a wide range of experience, not just at one level. Um, he's he's coached under 23s, he's coached in the national league, he's coached in the premier league. Uh, and so it's a, it's a wide ranging level of experience, I think for him as well. And I think it's a shrewd move by Stockdale to, to bring in somebody who can help him like that. And, um, and yet the whole experience thing for me is is overstated a little bit, I think, because if you're available to come in and you're experienced, it it means you've failed somewhere. Um, Stockdale's not failed. Um, he's a he's a new manager, but he's not new to the game of football. So he's experienced in football. He's vastly experienced in football. Um. And, yeah, he's, he's not failed. Um, and I think he'll have that hunger to make sure that he succeeds. So I think it's a really good appointment. to be honest with you. I'm um, quite like, optimistic for once. Uh, Ryan, I think you said when
2: BBM left that you were hoping the club looked for another young coach with kind of a progressive style of play. Do, do you think Stockdale fits that profile that you were looking for with a new manager?
0: Certainly, from what I've seen so far, um, I think when I when he first took over and I saw some of the quotes, I was he had me already. Um, some of the things they said, as much as I, you know, everyone knows I like PBM, but bit of a you know breath of fresh air um, talking about. You know, I think the first thing he said in his interview was, "Well, I've come here to win," and that was you know a, a big thing um, and. From what I've seen, I think I've seen a couple of the friendlies. I watched for one on YouTube at Fleetwood, um, went to the Rotherham game um, and impressed. It looks similar in style to an extent, but a lot more direct. And you can be direct without being long. Um, so I think that's what it looks like we're doing. And I think the organisation and the way we're defending looks really good as well. I think there was one point at Rotherham where we had a corner and they broke. And I don't think I've ever seen a team move as quickly together as we did getting back to stop that counter-attack. So that was really good. Um, but, yeah, I've I've been impressed. I, I was happy when it happened. You know, Luke touched on some of the people he's worked under. Um, he's worked at good levels and he, he speaks really well. And, you know, Jimmy Shan as well, really, really good appointment. But I'm also happy he's kept the bulk of his staff as well, in Gibbons, um, Sam Kelly. Jim McNeil is staying on as well. So, yeah, really positive about it.
2: Yeah, Luke, Chaff kind of touched on the fact that he's experienced within football, along with his assistant Jimmy Shan, but also uh, Sammy Lee's going to be involved as well, which is interesting news. Um, I think uh, before most fans kind of turned against BBM, I think there was a lot of supporters who felt that he needed a little bit more experience around him and, and this kind of scheme that's come with the FA as with Sammy Lee coming in as kind of a mentor I figure, will give Stockdale something that BBM didn't have in that sense, won't he?
3: Yeah, definitely. It's a, I think it's a shrewd move and, um, you know, it's not a bad thing maybe for, for Robbie Stockdale to go, you know what, I'm going to need as much help as I possibly can can kind of, you know, pull on um, sort of like, you know, like Sammy Lee's another one who's got a good reputation in the game. He's been in the game a long time Um I'll be honest, like, and, and there isn't much kind of there isn't much of a reason behind it. I've always thought sammy Lee's come across and looks like he hasn't got a clue, but I think that's just kind of um, that might be more visually rather than kind of studying how he's come across and how well respected he is in the game. Um, I think it's just uh, I don't think there's much behind it, but yeah, I think that's something I think we've said behind, you know outside of the podcast that that's something that BBM surely would have benefited from rather than having a kind of, um, not even number two, I suppose, but number two was even more inexperienced than him. Um, you need to get that experience in somewhere, you know, be it on the pitch or, and off it, really. You need to kind of have that right balance, I it. So um, I like the initiative. I don't know kind of how fresh that's been, if it's just kind of this season where it's come out or, or whether it's something that's been available uh, for a number of years, but I like it. it you know, and hopefully it's going to, support uh, Robbie Stockdale. Hopefully we can kind of rely on contacts within the game as well, um, which might help when it comes to kind of further recruitment down the line. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the more kind of knowledge, know-how um, and, and kind of, you know, lean on that, that the manager can
2: kind of use, the, the better as far as I'm concerned. So, Chaff, touching on those friendly games so far, um, I don't know which ones you've been able to catch. But what have you made of the kind of style of play that that Stockdale's trying to implement so far?
1: Well, I've only been to one. I went to the Fleetwood game, Um, but that's the only one I've managed to catch. But the first thing that I noticed was that it was just a quicker tempo um, on and off the ball. and I I thought that was really positive. That was one of the things that was a bit criticised under the previous management. And yeah i thought it was it was the, the hard work that was going in off the ball as well as on the ball i thought was really good um really high energy levels um and yeah i thought there was a lot of positives i thought there was some standout performances in that that game that i saw as well it looks like there's uh, i know we've got i know a light on bodies um the manager says he even acknowledges that every time he's interviewed um but yeah it was I, the tempo for me was really good. Um, that was one thing I thought we defended better when we had the experienced players on the pitch. Um, and Jake Beasley just looks like he's on fire, doesn't he? So Yeah, I've um, yeah, I'm, I've, I've been I've been pleasantly sort of not surprised but encouraged.
2: Ryan, how, how have you felt about the the preseason games so far? And- Obviously Beasley's been firing the goals in, but is there anyone else who's caught your eye in particular in those two home friendlies?
0: Um, I think Morley for me has been really good. Like, looks like he's playing, he's obviously playing more central and not having to go into a right back position and things like that. And sort of trying to get forward a bit more. And um, for a couple of times in my Rotherham game where he was in my left channel and some of the crosses he were putting in were above League 2 level. They were outstanding. Um, I think he's been really good. Um, In terms of others, I've been impressed with um, Udu's little cameos. Um, Looks like he's got a bit of pace and trickery. Dooley looked all right. I thought. I thought he looked good. Um, And Apart from, no one's really stood out other than that, I don't think, but it's just been a good team, couple of team performances. And I think the trialists, I thought, I was really impressed with Donald Love um, at the Rotherham game. I thought he was really good, really used the ball well. Um, Max Taylor put in an outstanding block, but thought he looked shaky. Otherwise, he looked slow. Um, But yeah, I think Morley for me, he's been the pick of a bunch so far from what I've seen.
2: Yeah, I, I was at the filed game on Saturday and I wasn't overly impressed with Love, but I thought Taylor had a, a really good second half. Um looked quite composed and he was better having McNulty alongside him actually instead of O'Connell. McNulty had a really good second half as well. Um, O'Connell went off with a bit of an injury, but it, it looked like it was just a precaution. But I agree on, on Udo. I thought he was fantastic um, all the way through that game with direct running towards the Fleetwood defence, got the assist with a lovely little run and pass through for Beasley. So that was really encouraging and I hope we see plenty of him this season. Um, Luke, I don't know how much of the friendlies you've caught, but what about you? What's, what's your impression been so far from from the first few games that we've seen Dale under Stockdale?
3: Yeah, so I've, I've only seen the Rotherham one um, and I was really impressed with the energy um, and, and kind of the fact that we were more direct, but still direct with the ball on the ground, if that makes sense. So I think we were choosing, you know, if you automatically compare to how we've been playing over the last few seasons, don't you? And I think uh, we were passing the ball forward earlier. Um, And I think we were also, when it did come to moving the ball across and sideways, we were doing it quick. We were able to switch and, and kind of exploit the space that were on the other side of the pitch, rather than going back, allowing the opposition to settle and then finding it difficult to break down again because we've kind of missed our opportunity. So, um, we played we played that game on the front four. I think it was telling that um, during the drinks break, you know, Paul one the the Rothering manager he was not happy with his team. They weren't giving him what he was expecting, and I think in part it was because we were doing you know really well. Um, and yeah, I think it's really important. I think kind of the way we shaped up was kind of like your four two three one kind of job. Um, and with that, the lone striker in Beasley, you've got to get him in the game early. I feel, um, otherwise, you can you can become really isolated, and, and you know you can only have a couple of touches, and before you know, it, it's half time. But I thought we got Beasley into the game really early, which is what I liked. Um, and Beasley's for me, you know, I enjoyed his performance, um, proper target man performance, where um, he was up against an experienced centre half in in, in Ward. What it's worth he's always looked like, he's been past it for the last five seasons, but I think he played in the majority of the championship games from last year, so he can't be doing too bad. Um but Beasley got the better of him, um, because he got there before him, he held it up, he linked up well, and he got he got himself a couple of goals, didn't he? So um really impressive Beasley. Uh I second what Rice said really, I thought Morley was much better. Um just going forward, playing a bit more further forward, dictating our play, really, definitely dictating our attacking play. Um, and, and putting some good balls in the box. So overall I'm happy. Um it was good to see Grant in the flesh. He showed little glimpses again of kind of that that kind of that talent, I suppose. Um where you kind of take the ball on the turn um and you take one or two players out of the game. Uh, he did that once or twice and um you know that was quite nice to see in the flesh. So um overall really encouraged by that game. Don't mean much at all really it's only a friendly um you know but um, at the same time, you can only kind of comment on what's been played in front of us, and um, I was I was pretty impressed.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be slight, slightly more direct kind of play without being, you know. I think I think there might have been a worry when we saw that Stockdale had worked with Allardyce that it could turn into a bit of a long ball team, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're going to look for those kind of percentage balls on a more regular basis without that becoming, you know, our, our mo. Um, but, yeah, it's encouraging from those first few games. Um, fingers crossed that we can add a few more sign-ins. But, Chaff, we've made our first sign-in today um, in, the sh- in the shape of Sam Graham, a 20-year-old, 20-year-old centre-back from Sheffield United, spent time on loan out Oldham um, and Notts County. Uh, what do you make of that sign We know we needed to, to um, bolster the defensive options, but... What do you make of that as a as a sign? it's not he's not got loads of experience, but it seems to me from what I can read, what I've read so far from Notts County fans that that they felt he has a lot of potential to go far.
1: Uh, yeah, I think at the moment people are that desperate for signings. It wouldn't matter who came into there, um, but yeah, it's 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 it seems positive. It's a position that we we're desperate for. He's obviously a big lad. He's what six foot three. Um, powerful and I've heard that he's pretty quick as well so you've got the ball player in O'Connell next to him and you've got what seems to be the powerhouse Um, and hopefully they'll complement each other quite well so I, I think I'm quite encouraged by that the fact that he's wanted to to chance his arm at a full time deal here um, and leave behind a one year of a left at a championship club, I think is encouraging um, from a, an attitude part of view as well. Um, and yeah, that's hope there's some, uh, some more signings to come, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by that, that first sign. And I think it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah. Ryan. that's,
2: for me, that's, I don't know if you agree, but it's the kind of play we should be looking at signing someone young and hungry who's wanting to play football and prove themselves potentially, you know, with, knowing the history we have for selling players on, you know, to go on and go further in the game.
0: Yeah, it's how we've done it for the last, well, since Keith Phil first took over, really, isn't it? Um, you know, you look at a similar sort of move to Rathbone, albeit not on the same level, he was at United, I think, I think he had a year left, didn't he, and decided to join us permanently, so, yeah, I'm encouraged by that, but it was, If fact, now, yeah, I'm encouraged by that. I thought, it could have been easy for him to think, you know, I've got a chance here and make him a bench because Jack O'Connell's out for another year or whatever it is. But he's he's thought about it. He knows he's been probably play 30-odd games for us this season. He's joined in. I think, yeah, we need centre-house, but we desperately needed a, a young one, maybe two, because I think McNulty's looked okay in pre-season, but you don't want to rely on him all season. Um, and O'Connell desperately needs someone with a bit of power next to him, a bit of pace, um, because he hasn't got it, has he? So, um, yeah, encouraged by it, and I think fair play to the lad. He's obviously a Sheffield lad. He mentioned when he went over to Australia, it's the first time he weren't living at home. Um, So we'll see how he gets on, but, yeah, credit to him, and it seems like a good signing so far, although I've never seen him play.
2: Yeah, definitely a Sheffield lad, isn't he? I don't think I've ever heard a Sheffield lad something stronger. Luke, are we? How are we feeling about the uh, the recruitment at this stage? Like Chaff touched on, there, there's a lot of people on Twitter that are kind of desperate for any signings. Uh, are we worried about the the lack of depth at the minute, or do we feel like you know there is going to be some uh, some movement on that front in the next few days? I mean, it's only. As we're talking now, it's only nine days from the first league game of the season, so surely there's got to be a little bit of a of a worry in terms of how small the squad looks at the moment.
3: Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, you wouldn't do your business early, integrate the players into the squad, and then hit the ground you know hit the ground running really. But we've not really we've never really worked that way, have We we we, we do have to wait for demands to drop. And, and players to get a little bit more desperate, really. That's where we are in the food chain. Uh, and I think I, I accept that, to be fair. Um, we've picked up a lot of good players in years gone by, late transfer windows. Um, and, and that's just where we're at, probably. Um, I would hope that the, the stuff going on in the background with the football club and ownership and things like that hasn't stalled our recruitment plan, and it hasn't affected the the, the budget in a negative way, and, you know, that kind of thing, I would hope. Um don't get me wrong; it's definitely not ideal to go into the season with what we've got at the minute. Um, I think there's probably an acknowledgement that, you know, from everyone in in the club and outside the club, that we need bodies and we do need to recruit. Um, but I would rather I would rather play the waiting game and bring in the right kind of player uh, on the right kind of money and sacrifice the opening kind of whatever it might be, five, six, seven, eight games of the season. Then go out now, panic, maybe bring in players that are kind of overinflated on the wages or players that might not quite be right for us. Um, just because you want to fill out the squad, because we need a squad of 25 teamers by day one. Um, we're going to need a bigger squad, there's no doubt about it. We suffered massively last season for it. BBM got stung by that, by going into the season with such a small squad. Um, there were times where we were really struggling with with personnel and injuries and, and things like that. Um, so we definitely need to strengthen. But for me, you know, I'm, I'm quite willing, and I'm not personally panicking. Uh, it's just not an ideal situation to be in. Uh, but that's that's the reality of it. I think.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. In terms of, it's it's better to get the right player rather than the first player that comes available in that sort of sense. But at the same time. We don't know we're going to get the right player. And I think that's the worry now, isn't it? I suppose the proof will be in the pudding in the next few weeks to see who comes in. Um, Chaff, it's, like I say, just over a week until the season starts. We know that we need probably more than a handful of players still to come in. But what do you think are the absolute priorities at this point? If If I say, you know, there's two positions that we can strengthen before next Saturday, which two positions would you be looking at to bring in? Um, striker
1: and fullback would be the two positions that we can't really go without for much longer. Um, we def- desperately need a fullback. We need one on each side, to be honest with you, so that we're not over reliant on Swiss Army Jimmy. So, um, and he, he can play either side. So, the, the fact that we've got the fact that we've had two left backs on trial so far. Um, says that the manager sees that as a, as a position that we need to fill. Um, Reese Hutchinson, who was on trial, I saw him in the Fleetwood game and he had a very difficult game against uh, Fleetwood's winger, um, whose name escapes me. I can't quite remember who it was, but he, he tore him apart, to be honest with you. So it was back to the drawing board. Um, but it's obviously a position that we that we're after. Donald Love on the other side. You've got to sort of think if Donald Love is available and on trial that the manager knows him well enough as to whether he's going to get a deal. The fact that he's even brought him in on trial would suggest that he probably wants him. Um, So I would strongly suspect he might come in and I think that would be a decent signing, Um, a solid enough signing, I think. Um, And a striker because we've lost Humphreys. and Beasley can't do it all by himself. He can't get all the goals himself. And he missed a fair chunk of last season through injury. Um, and we've got no other backup um in terms of a, a striker now, because I think we, we we could have done with a striker before that. Um, certainly as a as a backup option. So we we're desperate for a striker, we're desperate for fullbacks. I actually think we need more than that, obviously. Um another centre half for Another midfielder, especially if Rathborn decides he's he's off, and probably some some pace out wide. But you can't have everything. And a fullback and a striker would be my two immediate signings if you can if you can make them happen.
2: Yeah, and possibly a goalkeeper as well. We've seen yeah. that a trialist goalkeeper playing the last couple of games, which suggests um, the manager's looking to bring in another yeah. option goal as well. Um, Ryan, Chaff touched on the fact that Humphreys has left there. This is the first time you've spoken since that news broke. Um, what did you make of that? I mean, it, it would have been really... It would have been impressive if the club managed to keep him in League Two because he's clearly worthy of playing at a higher level than that, isn't he?
0: Yeah. It was weird, really, because it sort of... I went for what with Luke um, just after it happened and it was sort of like... Yeah, gutted to lose him but at that time there we were more important things going on. Um, so it was almost, we'd lost our best player arguably, and it was, wasn't even being talked about. Um, and then, I don't know, I think he, he probably wanted to leave after BBM went and we saw what happened with Southend last year. He, he could have made things really difficult for the club if he, if we were holding him against his will. So, I don't know, it sounds weird, but I've, I've been more upset about players going in the past um, and I'll be more upset again in the future. So, sort of expected it. I'd have been shocked if it had started. If you asked me at the end of last season, is he going to be a player for us at the start of this, I'd have said no. Um, So, it probably boils down to the fact that we didn't see him last season. He was injured for most of it, but I suppose that makes his... um, starts from last year all the more impressive so yeah I was gutted but we've had it worse Um, so yeah good luck to him but it's one of them (laughs) innit sorry for a boring answer you probably wanted more passion than that didn't you
2: (laughs) yeah I think I think what you said about not not seeing him live is is a good point I think had we seen a few of those performances in the flesh, we might be a little bit more gutted that he was leaving us. And um, I think it's a good move for him. I think Wigan will be up, right up there next season with the with the moves they've made in the transfer window. He might not get, he might not play every week, but then he didn't play every week last season because of those injury problems. So uh, I think it'll be a good move for him, and, and good luck to him. Um, it's a shame we couldn't keep him because I, th- I feel he probably would have been one of the better strikers in League Two, but. Um, We go forward without him, I suppose. Um, You mentioned there, Ryan, it it, it kind of wasn't the most important thing at the time. Um, And we all know why that is, Uh, Luke. There's been uh, rumours of a a kind of hostile takeover attempt um, from from people outside the club recently. Um, As far as we know, they have kind of agreed in principle to buy approximately 40% um, of of the shares in the club uh which which we'll go through if they manage to get to 50 percent. Um obviously we kind of this is a story that's kind of developing as it goes, but but what have you made of these kind of rumours over the last few weeks and how unsettling is it after it seemed like we were, you know, so so positive and confident about getting our club back a few a few weeks, a few months ago to now be kind of worrying about the future once again.
3: Yeah, it was a proper kick in the balls to be fair, because we I think we all felt like we'd turned the corner. Uh, we, with the new ball that were that were in, you know instated and um, we were looking forward rather than kind of worrying about the um, the club's existence in many respects. Um, so you're looking forward, and you're looking forward to kind of how we're going to fare in the league, and then and then that happens, and it's kind of like oh wow, um, you know I couldn't believe it to be fair. Um, but my, my opinion on it is that these guys. Um, I just don't see how there's good intention or goodwill behind it all. There's no connection whatsoever to the football club. Um, it's always kind of, when you can't track down someone who's who, who, who has wealth, um, that's always a red flag for me as well. When you can't track that down, when you can't kind of um, tally up where the wealth comes from, um, it's, a, it's a big red, red flag. I'm not having the kind of rumours that, you know, um, it's kind of for like a hobby or like, you know, there's no kind of, they're not wanting to kind of, you know, be involved in the day-to-day running of the club and things like that. I'm not having it. I think it's just kind of, for me, that's just kind of telling people what they want to hear to kind of, you know, go to sleep on it so they can then pounce later down the line maybe. Um, But I don't see good intention behind any form of kind of hostile takeover. If there was good intentions behind it, I think they would have been working with the current board, not going against them. Um, that, that's a start. As It's a red flag again, like I said, around not being able to kind of actually, you know, truly kind of tail down where uh, one of the, you know, one of these people's wells coming from. And then there's the other side of it, of the dealings that, that the other chaps had in in football in the past. Um, and it's red flag after red flag, and I don't think anyone should be um, should fall into any trap or sense of false security around um, the seriousness of people like this getting involved with our football club. Um, we're the ones that care about the football club, not these people from from outside. Um, I think they've got their own kind of hidden agenda, and it's it's something that I'm really proud actually that that the not kind of trust has stepped back up again um, to kind of do what they did with Andrew Kelly. And it was nice to see um, all the kind of open letters to uh, to Andrew Kelly. Um, you know, fans like Chaff, you know, going through kind of, you know, why he, why the club means so much to him. Um, and, you know, Chaff weren't the only one. And, you know, at Hort, you never know that 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 probably did have an effect, you know, as to kind of um, why the trust was then able to kind of purchase the shares for him. So um, we've kind of thought, I think I kind of thought the fight was over and we can go back to kind of just enjoying match days again because uh, that's that's kind of that's the enjoyment for me but um, yeah that kind of threw everything back up in the air again but you know it kind of there's a lot of strong people at the core of the football club I think who you know you know people like you are heading up the trust and, and people like us you know people like who, who, who will kind of share our voice and opinion and, and have whatever impacts we can have um, and whilst we might be kind of you know a little small club, there's a lot of good through the core of it, and um, we don't want people coming and you know coming into it that that haven't got those intentions like we do.
2: Well said, um, Chaff. I think what what Luke said there about the fact that we kind of felt things were looking up again, and then a few a few weeks, a few months later, we find ourselves in this position. I guess it shows. Um, I guess it shows how difficult it is for a club like ours to truly be be safe from from these kinds of bids and it's just it never ends does it the kind of worry about the future of our
1: club at the moment it's it's always a worry but having watched rochdale for as long as i have i've through what i thought was every emotion going um pride um, nervousness excitement etc the one thing I've never felt his genuine fear for the football club until it. Until I heard about this hostile takeover, and I was, I was heading out for a meal, and I was shaking because I just heard about it before I went out for this meal. I was literally shaking, Um, and that is that's how sort of unfamiliar. We are, as a football club, with scenarios like this. Um, We've never been a club, like I'm going to say it, like Bury, where it changes ownership, like, like a Sunderland, where new owners seem to come in every 18 months. And it was genuinely frightening because we didn't have a clue as to why they were coming in, why take on a club like Rochdale when you're from Essex, um, and why go in the way that they did through the back door and why seemingly getting onside people who we've worked hard to remove and... The way that they went about it immediately, alarm bells were going off. And the more it gathered pace, the, the more frightening it became. Um, but again, the work of the trust cannot be understated. Um, I've told him to his face, but for me, Carl Cabana is probably one of the most important people at the football club and he's not even an employee of the football club Um, for the work that he and the rest of the trust do on a voluntary basis. Um, The work that's gone into to getting rid of the, the two directors that needed to be got rid of. The work that's gone into getting Andrew Kelly's shares, 50,000 of them um, to make a takeover deal that much more difficult. And yeah, the I'm, I'm sick of talking about off-field matters. And like Ryan alluded to before with the Stephen Humphreys deal, he's, he's right. We barely batted an eyelid over it because of what else was going on and I think it's probably the first time as a as a supporter that that I've been that worried about about Dale. Um, and while the worry is still there, um, it's still they've not quite they've not gone away. But it seems to be more difficult for them to, to get what they evidently want. And I think we've got a battle hard to to make sure that it doesn't happen, and that the people who are who are fronting that battle keep fighting and yeah I think like Luke said I think we're, we're a part of that as well in sort of opening conversations about it getting names out there that evidently don't want to be found I mean how, how are you a millionaire and and a google search doesn't bring anything up that's frightening in itself so yeah it's a worry and hopefully we can turn a corner soon and get back to talking about how shite Stephen Dooley is and how how many goals Jake Beasley is going to score and how many mistakes Lynch is going to make and yeah wouldn't that be nice
2: yeah I think when we started this podcast that's what we were hoping to be talking about instead of of this for the last few months it's not you know it's not kind of not, not something that I've ever really felt strongly about if, if, if that's the right way to put it like the ownership of the club and things like that it's kind of never been that important to me as long as I enjoy watching the game and, and analysing the game and talking to my mates about it and yet here we are speaking about this more than the football pretty much every podcast at the moment which is yeah, it's not what we want to be doing but it's important um, and we'll keep doing it until you know this we feel a little bit more comfortable about the future of the club. Um, I think one, one point I'd like to make is the, those two uh, directors that you mentioned there that have recently gone uh, they now appear to be among those that have uh, that have agreed to sell the shares in principle and I just want to say I don't know how those two two men can sleep at night at the moment um, one of them professes to be a Rochdale fan for 40 50 years whatever it is that he said he, he was crying on on a zoom camera a few months ago presumably because of you know how much he cared about the club that he was working for at the time and uh, it is so clear now that that's just not the case um, if he's willing to sell the club, down the river at the first opportunity because it's not worked out for him at the club then he's not a Rochdale fan he was never a Rochdale fan as far as I'm concerned um, and yeah I, I, I hope he's listening to this because I honestly don't know I honestly don't know
1: how he sleeps at night if that's the case I couldn't agree more with that Dean Um and one thing I will sort of say as well anybody who does have shares and he's made an offer to sell them if you care about Rochdale football club please be very very careful who you do sell to um and because they they will be making these efforts they've not got 40% um and then thought yeah that that's enough for us they want to take over so every effort will be made to these shareholders um and yeah please do not sell your shares to these chances is what i would uh, what i would ask
2: Brian, one, one point that I think is really important to make on this is that I don't think Dale fans are against investment in the club, you know, full stop. Um, I think most of us realise that it's difficult to run a, a lower league club without that kind of outside investment, but this is a case of, of it, it being done in the wrong way, isn't it? We, we want kind of openness and communication and honesty and this feels hostile and just the way it's been got, the way that the, the people involved have gone about it is is what's kind of putting our back out at the moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we just want transparency. And for people to be coming in blind um, like that and immediately have their name, you know, connected with the likes of David Bottomley and Graham Rawlinson and people like that, it's never going to sit well with any Rochdale supporter. Um, So... I, I'm sort of of a belief we can carry on as a football club without investment, but I think we need the investment to take the next step, which is probably, you know, top half league one potentially pushing, which would be a dream for us. Let's be honest. If we never, if we never did that, I don't think any of us would be, you know, upset, gutted, annoyed. It's just one of them things that needs to happen. I think, yeah, the training ground, um, would be a really good thing to have. Um, would help us boost some players. But again, we're coping without that. So we just want people who are, you know, have good intentions, make it clear, are open about wanting to invest in a football club and wanting to do it for the right reasons. And to be honest, I don't want someone to invest in a football club and then use a football club as a, as a hobby to come to games and stand at games and get pissed in the stand or whatever. I'd rather someone was an investor and wanted to stay at the football club and do good for a football club and be involved in the day-to-day runnings of it. Um, Cause I think that's when you know that you're doing it for the right reasons. And if you want to stay involved, it probably means there's more money in there to potentially fall back on later down the line when we need it again. Um, and people who actually want to help board to do, it just seems weird to want to invest and have other people decide what to do with it. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So that. I'm with Luke. I don't buy that um, at all because it's a lot of money to invest to get the train from Essex and get pissed in the sandy Lane every week. It just do not make any sense. Um, so, yeah, investment, I think everyone would be open to more money, obviously. Um, but be open with us. What do you want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do? I'd be happy with them three questions being answered every single time.
3: I think that was what kind of interested and sparks a lot of debate with the um, Dan Altman and, and Emery kind of investment. Now I think they've ended up obviously provisionally agreeing to sell their shares to these people. Um, but that that is also because they didn't have and they don't have the, you know, the the truly the best intentions of the football club at heart. Um, but how uh, does a club like Rochdale get outside investment? It was interesting because I think what Emre and, and, and Dan Elment were looking to do was basically showcase the business, um, so they had an invested interest in that. So you know, in order for them to kind of successfully sell that, it would have you know the direct correlation between Rochdale doing well as a result of it would have been would have been needed. Um, so, and it's that kind of transparency that you, you kind of want to understand. Like that, that makes sense to me. You know someone from outside the club wanting to invest because you know in doing that it would have probably propelled their own business venture um you know beyond Rochdale and 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 probably kind of that would have been their intentions and if we could benefit could have benefited from that in the you know in that process then then that kind of made sense to me. Um, but this stuff around that's just someone who's wanting to sound like he's a fan of football and he's one of us. Yeah I just want to come up and get pissed. You do not. You, I, I'm not. This this
2: is absolute nonsense. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any Rochdale fans are buying that at the moment. So I think these people need to understand that the supporters are going to keep fighting against this now because I think, like we've kind of pointed out here, there's no one that that's really falling for for their stick at the moment. Um. So I think the fans have got to keep fighting and keep communicating. And again, just to reiterate what Chaff said about the trust. Not only in buying Andrew Kelly's shares, which was obviously a massive, massive um, moment for the club and for the trust, and in, in this whole saga, but also the communication over the last few weeks has been amazing. Um, to keep fans as in the know as they have with with some of their um, with their statements and what have you is on another level from anything I've seen from most trusts before, and so uh, um, so much praise has to go to them for that.
1: And uh, also thank you to to David Clough as well, who is uh, still putting his money where his mouth is and saving the club, um, even now. Um, and thank you to to Richard and to Francis and, and, and the people looking after David's money. Um, yeah, it's 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 invaluable. I mean, it's been invaluable. Yeah, just just following
3: up, from that as well. I think, um, you know, hopefully it'd be, it'd be nice to see kind of record numbers for the Trust signing up this season as a result of the the positive publicity that they've been getting. Um, I know we'll be, you know, me and Ryan are, are joint managing the the supporters team now and we'll be kind of doing an initiative where everyone who signs on will be signing up to the Trust as well as part of that process and, um, yeah, I think if anyone who hasn't signed up, you know, might, you know, get supporting and, uh, and get yourself
2: signed up. Yeah, if there ever there was a time to be a member of the trust, it's right now, 100%. Um, I think we'll finish off with a few football bits, um, try and bring it back around to the game that we actually all enjoy watching. <laughs> Do you remember that? Um, so I, I was going to ask you all three little questions for kind of a season prediction, since this is likely to be one of our, our, our final pods before the season finally gets underway at Harrogate. Um, so I'm going to ask you three questions each. Uh, Luke, I'll come to you first. So I'm going to ask you: Where do you think Dale will finish this season, uh, given our squad at the moment?
3: I'd have to give you the answer on the assumption that we do strengthen to a certain extent, because um, if we went into this, you know, if we didn't strengthen at all, then it'd be relegation. So I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say bottom half to, to mid, um, and I, I feel shit saying that, Dave. I don't, I don't want to say that. I want to, I want to say pushing for playoffs, but. I think we've, we've got to have a season of consolidation now after all the change um, I think a season of, of consolidation would be seen as a successful one for me um, where do I see us finishing? I think bottom half is, is probably realistic um, for where we're at but I'd set
2: that and who's your prediction for top, Dell's top scorer this season? Beasley it's got to be up, a yeah. B on it yeah Beasley and uh, our player of the season?
3: Um, ooh, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Beasley again, actually. And um, I was thinking Bran, I was thinking O'Connell, uh, but I just think Beasley's got that. Especially, I think it's something that fans can appreciate more watching him in the flesh. Fans will always set someone who puts that puts it in, and he really does. Um, uh, you know, to the next level. I think beyond anyone else in the team. Um, so I think I think fans will take kindly to that. And if he can get himself a few goals as well and get himself into double figures, you know, I, I, I think he, yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll go for Beasley again on that one.
1: Jaff, same three questions to you. Okay. Um, bottom half finish around um, right about 16th, 17th, seventeen, I'd say. Um, just on that, given the upheaval and uncertainty we've had this summer, I genuinely just want us to stay up. Um, regardless of who we bring in and this is a a point where we're turning the ship but we've not sort of set off back yet so we're in that process so anything as long as we stay up I'm not too fussed Uh, bottom half finish be fine for me and I think that's where we'll we'll probably end up because I think we'll strengthen Um, I just want to start enjoying watching football again to be honest um, top goal scorer, can't look beyond Jake Beasley until somebody else maybe comes in. Um, player of the season, if, and it's a massive if, because I reckon he's off, if he stays, Ollie Rathbone. But I don't think he will stay. So it'd be probably Beasley or O'Connell for me.
2: And Ryan, same three for you.
0: Um slightly more optimistic. Um shock. Ninth, ninth I think. <coughs> ninth, Beasley. And one of Udu or Morley. I think Udo's got the chance to really excite fans, which we've seen in a past play it's not on this level, but players like Mendez Langdon. Mcdermott, Paddy, they've all excited everybody. So he's got the potential to be that kind of player, and I just think Morley, more central, might surprise people with how well, how good he actually is at football. Um, so I think it, it, they'll both have good seasons.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree on Morley. Um, I said at the start of last season that I felt it was kind of a make or break campaign for him, but I think now, a year older and a, and a division lower it's time for him to kind of show just how good he can be. So I agree on Morley for my player of the season. I uh, also agree with, with with what you've said, uh, Chaff and Luke, about kind of a, a bottom half finish. Uh, about a month ago, I did a few of the kind of prediction things for when Saturday comes and 4-4-2 and others in the top half. But in the last month, we've lost um, Stephen Humphries and not signed at anyone until today. So, yeah, definitely not feeling quite as confident as I was a month ago. Go on, Rye.
0: Sorry, are we going you doing the game next? Is that it? Yeah. Can I say something before that? Of course. Cool. Um me and Luke are managing a sports team, as he just said. Um, if there are any Dale fans out there who um want to play football, want to follow Dale Oman away, um we're looking for players. Um you know, we've got a squad, but in terms of traveling, we want numbers, we want more Dale fans involved. Um, like I said, we're signing everyone up to the trust who joins us. Um, Good set of lads. We've been on holidays. Um, You know, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy the football, the way we act, the characters in it. Um, Just get in touch with the Twitter page, which is, um, I should know this. I think it's at Rochdale S underscore FC Um, or message Ryan Lockett or Luke Walsh on Facebook or whatever. Um, Please get in touch. We're um, always looking for players.
2: Yeah, I just, I just add to that. I, I probably wouldn't know you three without the without the Rochdale supporters team. So um, I can I can definitely vouch for these uh, for these idiots. It's definitely worth getting down on a Saturday and pulling a Dale shirt on. It's a good feeling. Uh, okay, so we'll finish with our game. Um, so we, we'll go with the first game of last season since we're approaching first game of the season time. It was a 3-1 defeat for Dale at Swindon. Um, so uh, it's been ages since we last played. I'm going to assume Chaff won last. Am I right?
0: Probably. Uh,
1: maybe. Can't remember, to be honest.
2: OK, we'll, we'll, we'll work on the assumption that, that Chaff won last time. So Chaff, you can go first and then Ryan and then Luke. OK,
1: Swiss Army, Jimmy. Yep.
0: Owen we're not Connell.
1: Yep. Yeah. This
2: evening. Correct.
1: Back Shane. Correct.
0: Ollie they Rathbone?
2: Yep. Yeah. I don't.
3: Yep.
1: Yeah. Aaron Marley
0: yep Matt Lund
2: yep
1: Newby yep McLaughlin yep
0: Dooley
2: yep I think that's the starting 11 you've got now Um, Bar came on yep Lynch. Yeah. Are we going to get a clean sweep? Really? Yeah. Oh, come on. Jim? Yeah.
1: Tavares?
2: Yeah. I think there's one left. I don't know what happens here, even if you don't get it, right? (laughs) I don't know who wins.
0: You just have to keep going until someone gets it. Um, Mialkowski.
2: No. Um,
1: Hopper? No. Shafka, have you got him? Um, if it's none of them two, then I'm, I'm torn between, because we, we had nothing but kids, did we? So, did we, I can only think we, we signed that lad from City, that yeah, you know, a Manquip, but I don't know whether he played or not. And he went very quickly. I don't know whether he was signed in time. I'll go with him.
2: Yeah, he was on the bench. So your victory again, Chaff. That is a great effort from all three of you though. Well done, lads. Um, we'll do the same again in a year's time for the Harrogate game, I suppose. Um, <laughs> all that's left for me to say after that is uh, thank you very much for joining me, Luke.
3: Yeah,
2: good to be back doing it, mate. Nice one. Cheers, Geoff. Nice one. Thank you very much. And cheers, Ryan. Cheers, Dean. Right, catch you all next time. Hope the Dale.